Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, August 16th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, time zone bugs on Amazon S3, problems with Ruby on the new EC2 chipset architecture, and news, news, news about Rails Forum, Pandacodium, Spoken, Inside the Brackets, and probably some other stuff too. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. So around five o'clock tonight, mm-hmm. I got an email from Amazon that said that the Kindle Fire 7-inch HD, Kindle Fire HD 7-inch, was on sale for 20% off, which I think is $159. Mm-hmm. And I had a muscle spasm. <laughs> and bought one. And I've already gotten a notice that it's on its way to me. Nice. That'll that'll be good. Given, mm-hmm. given the, the unfortunate broken state of the new Nexus 7 you received. Yeah, I've heard some, I've talked to some people. I talked to some folks in San Francisco this week uh, who have the same one and they are having no problems with it. So... Send it back. Get another one. Uh, it's too late. It's already uh, 14 days have passed by the time... I mean, it took like six days for me to get it after I ordered it, and then then eight days passed, and now it's too late. So I'm hoping that there'll be a uh, a software update or something. Yeah, you could probably do a return through ASUS, but it's too late to do like the Google through the Play Store. Yeah, maybe I could do that. I mean, I can still use it for testing, even though it crashes like every 30 minutes. <laughs> then you don't know if it's the app or the... Yeah, well, browser testing. Yeah, uh, it's pretty rare for a for my JavaScript to be so bad that it crashes <laughs> the whole device. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah, has. I got I got myself stuck in a couple of infinite loops last night. But <laughs> so one of one of the reasons why I was a little extra motivated to um, to buy the Kindle Fire HD, the newer one, because I have the original Kindle Fire, which I took with me on my trip this week, and I have to say it was it is a wonderful thing to travel with it is it's really great for just like an it's a pure entertainment device like mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's an android but not really it's like you don't get all the regular android apps and stuff but if you just want to read books and watch movies and listen to podcasts and stuff the thing is freaking awesome yeah because that, that's all it does and it does it well yeah it doesn't right it doesn't have a camera it doesn't do anything like it doesn't do anything crazy you're not going to like get crazy apps on there but it's just like a perfect chill out device yeah and the battery life is ridiculous even on the first one it's just it, it lasts it forever is. it is it's crazy so but but amazon i'm totally going off on a tangent that i didn't expect but it's interesting um the amazon announced that they have they are enabling how do we say this they're enabling like web apps to be like full on applications on the new Kindles. So you can like Apple saved a home screen more than that. Mm. You, you basically, um, if you can put this manifest file on your web server and, and then submit your, your website to the Amazon app store. And it will, um, you know, and in the manifest, you put things like whatever kind of permissions you need or whatever. 
if you need any and it supports in-app purchases and some other stuff it's kind of like this it's kind of like uh it sounds like a little phone gap wrapper and they basically you know you you add the thing to your you just put the manifest on your site you add any javascript to it that you might want to use for like amazon in-app purchases or whatever they support it two or three different kinds of purchases like subscriptions uh consumables stuff like uh lives in a game or something like that and then persistent stuff like um like an ebook or whatever and uh it's radical and then you know when people are searching for apps in the amazon app store essentially your website will come up as an app and people can install it and download it and it does install a little wrapper application that's really cool yeah it's super cool it's like it just takes out the whole middleman build process of packaging your your html5 javascript css application in something like PhoneGap. yeah exactly they do they do the phone gap part for you yeah that's 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 very cool mm-hmm so that I didn't see if they have push notifications, which is the big, that's the big thing that a lot of people want when they, when they're deciding between, should I do a web app or a native app? They're like, well, I really want push notifications because that seems to really increase engagement. And I believe it does. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, it's, it's sort of, sort of news development that I forgot about when we were typing up our notes <laughs> yeah that's pretty neat yeah but oh so the point was the point was that um there's a an application i can't remember the name of it but it's like amazon web app tester or something like that and you can install mm-hmm. it on your computer or sorry on your tablet your fire and then just browse to your site and it's kind of like the wrapper that you're gonna get when you submit it to the store but you can use it to actually test your site in advance Oh, that's that's nice too. Yeah, it's like the totally thought out, really simple stuff. Uh, but it doesn't work on the debugging piece of that particular app does not work on the original Fire. So that's what I was building uh. up to. So the the Fire Twos, the second version of the Fire and the Fire HD are the ones that that works on. So I well, I know what I'm doing when I get paid. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm I'm gonna send you an invoice here in the next twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> So, so that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. I, I'm like, really, that is like radical. It'd be so cool. It if uh, It'd be so easy for other, I mean, Google could just turn that on. No problem. And put it, yeah. if, if they did that in the play store, game over. Yeah. Apple will never do it. No, they won't. And what they, the, the home screen app that you mentioned is kind of the same thing, which is it's a local application called web.app that, that just sort of resides on the phone and um, and when something gets saved, when a when an offline or full screen capable web app gets saved to the home screen, and you launch it, it launches inside of that little helper helper application. Yeah. And they could easily put that. Obviously, they could easily put that in the store if they wanted to, but they never will. Yeah. So yeah, I could totally see Google um, sort of being like you know me doing it and and putting a, a basically a phone gap style wrapper. Yeah, I store. hope they do. Yeah, me too. That would be killer. Saw a news item the other day that Android now has eighty percent of the global smartphone market. I'm I'm quickly becoming pretty disillusioned with iOS. Oh yeah, iOS seven is yucktastic. It makes me very sad because I love Johnny Ives' hardware design. Oh yeah, nobody can touch Apple with the hardware, but uh, I don't know. I mean it's easy to point to like the loss of Steve jobs as a, uh, 
kind of like tailspin type of situation. But uh, you know, who knows what it know. is. I don't think that's it really. But <laughs> yeah, it's too it's too easy to point to that. Yeah, it just feels rushed. I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, the uh, you know they've they've made some changes across some. I've heard. Sorry, I've heard that they've made some changes from the each version of the beta that um you know uh, sort of indicates that they're listening to developer freakouts. Yeah, well that's and, good at least. Yeah, and actually making some changes to just like harebrained stuff that was in there. But uh it's a little alarming when when the design community which are traditionally the total Apple fanboys are kind of split down the middle on whether or not the new design is crap or awesome. Yeah. To me, it just looked like it would be difficult to see. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I mean, who knows what their goal is, not to go off too far into the weeds, but if you, when you see that OS on a screen from like three tables away at the Starbucks, it stands <laughs> out. You're like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. Cause it's, cr- it looks so cool from a distance. You know, it's like got sort of rainbow, translucent everything it's just like so much going on and there's like really dramatic animations to it um and you know it's kind it's got the animations of like uh windows phone basically yeah you know these sort of dramatic you know even like the keyboard keys like sort of animate iteratively into view and you know, and you're zooming into screens and zooming out instead of everything being slide left, right, or snapping into view. So it's very striking from far away. But when you're trying to use the damn thing, it's like, come on. When you're when your OS only looks good from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> the impression of the OS is very, very good. Yeah, but the actual it looks like looked like it could have some usability issues though. Yeah. I I, mean, I, I haven't actually put it on anything, so Yeah. I have a an iPod Touch. I bought a brand new iPod Touch, which is a pretty nice little device. Nice piece of hardware. Kira has one, and I, I I like it a lot. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. It's not my favorite ever iPod Touch, but it's it's right up there. Yeah, it's it's got a better camera than my phone does, and all that. So. Yeah, that's true. But just the physical size of it and yeah. stuff, it's a little bit. I don't know. It's. It, I like the silver. Uh, whatever. I liked the other ones better, but the the. Um, you have bigger hands. That is that is part of the problem. It's a little bit too thin for me to use. Yeah, for my 11-year-old, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it's, I'm sure it's aimed at teenagers anyway, so that makes sense. Well, yeah, you, well she even put a case on it, though. So. Yeah, good point. I should probably do that. So, the, But the thing is, I, I, I don't think my reaction to it is just like sour grapes, fear change type of response because I've been... I I like the hardware, and in fact, I, that's the 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 thing that I use when I go running uh, because it's the lightest thing that I have that'll run uh, my RunKeeper app, mm-hmm. and uh, so I end up using it the podcasting thing, and I'll end up I'll have it on me and browse the web and a whole bunch of things about the browser that I despise. Um, that the they hide the URLs in the URL bar, like they show the URL bar, but they hide the text. Oh, that's annoying. Right. So if you're on like if if I'm on like jonathanstark.com slash about that just says jonathanstark.com. It doesn't it doesn't say what page I'm on. It doesn't say if it's HTTPS or not. Well, that, that's that's super annoying. It's super annoying. It's like just hide the whole thing if you're gonna Yeah. 
you're not going to put useful information in it, get it out of the way. Right. I don't know. I mean, and obviously what they're thinking is like most people don't know or care what page they're on. But for me, it's super annoying. So, you know, in the flat UI, you can't tell, you can't tell what's a button and what's not. Everything looks just like text. So, but the point is that I've been using it for a long time, you know, for months and months, I use it at least a couple times a week for a few hours. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not like, oh yeah, you know what? This is growing on me. I just, I just continue to not like it. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. There's supposed to be a new phone announced uh, in a couple of weeks. So maybe I, I, you know, I want them to kill it I, because then that'll just make everyone else be like, oh, crap, we have to catch up to Apple again. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to the next announcement. Geez, you want to like start talking about what we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> 20 minutes later. Oh, yeah, we could. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. Where were we? Oh, so at first we have to do housekeeping. Yes. Uh, I don't think we have anything, so that's always good because housekeeping is usually bad news. But uh, yeah, I don't think we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no housekeeping. No, nothing. Nothing weird next week. This week was potentially going to be weird, but it's not. So cool. But this week we do have bug reports. We do. Um. So the first one sounds like you had some kind of wacky uh, issue on S3 with the time zone. Yeah, I had one of those weird instances where this this server you haven't touched and this code you haven't touched in months and no one else has access to just suddenly stops working. That is super fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it actually once I once I got in and di- um, enabled some some better error reporting in the app, um, it turned out to just be really easy to fix but my problem was that my my ec2 instance had somehow the system time had gotten off and hmm. in, in, in like inaccurate had, the system time had become inaccurate and gotten out of sync i i guess this probably slowly happened over time but it finally reached that threshold where amazon for various security reasons i assume said oh no your your time timestamp is like too different from what it should be, huh. and we're not, we're not gonna accept the files you're trying to upload. Weird. How did you possibly figure that out? Uh, I googled the error message. Oh well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the error message that that basically said, uh, you know, time zone or timestamp too different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was a very descriptive error message. <laughs> That's nice. So yeah. Time zone whacked. Yeah. Huh. Well, so that was an easy fix, right? You, did yeah, you like just was... reboot the server, or did you actually do like a cron job to set the time periodically? Uh, no, there's a there's an app. Um, it's NTP. It stands for like network time. I don't know, network time or something. But <laughs> I'm not sure what it stands for, but. Uh, it's a a um, a little Linux app for um, like managing and and syncing time zones and everything, and you just you just run it and then give it the the date of your or the IP address of your time server, and it just mm. pings that and and updates accordingly. Time server, what a name! That sounds cool. That should be something cooler than it really is. I know it should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> time server. <laughs> 
ping the 1940s or something. <laughs> it's very Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that, rem- <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> like, yesterday, I have no idea how he did it, but yesterday Richard spent like 10 minutes pulling things out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger on the inside. I know. <laughs> and there were a few of us standing around, and Richard was emptying his pocket, and we were all just like staring at how in the world. <laughs> he was pulling boxes of, like, uh, you know, like almost seven inch tablet sized boxes of things out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. but speaking, speaking of bigger on the inside, mm-hmm. this is going to be tangent show, by the way, apparently. <laughs> uh, there's a, I saw online, I'll see if I can find the link to it, but there's a, an Easter egg in Google maps. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Where you, you can see the TARDIS in street view and actually go inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so awesome. Put a link in the show notes. Yeah, try and dig that up. Oh, cool. Okay, so that was the time zone bug. Uh, the other bug was truly disturbing to me after having done all that work setting up the guide. Yes, it was very annoying. Yeah, so... The guide was broken suddenly. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, in case you missed it, um, I went through the the gauntlet of setting up a server to run rails application and uh and kelly made fun of me to no end because it took me like 48 hours and it should have only taken 15 minutes but uh the second time i did it because i did it wrong the first time i took notes on everything and then uh kelly uh, sort of updated and and corrected some stuff so we ended up with this list that should have made it for sure dropped it simple to set up a server and for, for a while it did <laughs> <laughs> yeah until the other day yes and and i i assume this is down to a change in um hardware and and chipset architecture on amazon's part because i know they were recently doing a round of of updates and changes on um, some EC2 micro instances, which is where I was experiencing the problem. Mm. So I created a new instance and I went through the guide mm-hmm. as I have done at this point probably four or five times now because it never occurs to me to actually create an AMI. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I should create it, I should set this up and then create an AMI and I ended up setting it up and then and then, like, forgetting to create it before I install a bunch of, like, app-specific stuff. Yeah, I do the same thing. Uh, yeah. So. I, I did this. When I first did that first one, I was like, oh, you know what I should do? Forget it. I want, I've want. i been trying to get started on this app. Like, you know, yeah. You just dive right in. Yeah. And to be honest, the last time we set up an AMI, we never used it because we changed our mind about, like, 5,000 things two days later. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. And with the guide, it is supposed to be so very simple. <laughs> That is correct. Keyword keyword being supposed to be. Yes. Until suddenly Ruby will not compile. <laughs> right. And um, so yeah, I ran into ran into ran into this, and uh, what we're doing is we're installing installing RBENV and using that to manage our Ruby versions. Yes. And um, and um, compiling Ruby through through that would not work. 
Mm. So I looked and see, I looked to see. It's like, okay, well, maybe there was a new release that came out since the last time I did this, and maybe it screwed something up. And there was. So <laughs> I thought, okay, that's the problem. I rolled back to the previous version. Nope, still didn't work. Hmm. Oh, my lights just went off. <laughs> I set up a timer while we were on vacation. I haven't bothered to untimer it yet. <laughs> you sure it's not the chipset architecture? Oh, yeah, it could be the chipset architecture and my light bulbs. <laughs> scary that there's a thing these days. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, um, Ruby wouldn't compile. Ruby 2, 1.9.3, whatever, none of it, none of it would compile. Hmm. And... Um, so, <laughs> did you just open your phone to adjust your lights? <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> I love that. It is surprising. Once you can control some of your lights from sitting down, you want to control all of your lights from sitting yes. down. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. And people, when I say that to people, they'll look at me like I am the laziest piece of crap on the earth. And I say <laughs> back really to them, handy. I'm like, I'm like, next time, I'm like, you don't believe me, but next time you watch TV, Put the remote away. Don't use the remote and get up and change yeah. your channel every time. And then you tell me how awesome it is. This is the tangent show. It is. <laughs> it's an ad. It's an ad for Hue light bulbs. Secretly it disguised. <laughs> the things are the best. They are. I love them. I, that's like um, my whole Christmas list is going to be like Hue light bulb. More, more Hue bulbs. Yes. So love it. <laughs> so if you really you really want to go let's go let's go full tangent okay so i'm working i got just got back from a trip right and so mm -hmm. i usually usually get a present for cooper when i'm in the airport yeah so i get back and i'm working today and uh in, in my office no one's home and i hear this clicking sound coming from what i think is my laptop and i'm like oh my god my hard drive's getting ready to go uh -oh. it was just like that same clicking noise so I'm like, like, oh man. So I'm like putting my head right. It was very sporadic. It was weird. It sounded like, it was more like an animal sound. It was very, it wasn't regular at all. So mm. I'm listening for it. I'm like, no, it's not coming from my computer. I'm like, oh no, it's coming from my lights. Like one of my hue bulbs must be going out or something. Oh no. Yeah. So I'm like, I go over and I'm like, listen, I have six of them. So I'm like listening to each different one. I'm like, no, it's coming from over there go over I get, I'm like listening 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 I'm like it's coming from my bag <laughs> like the, was there a giant insect in there I bought him Mexican jumping beans in the oh. airport and they were in this little plastic box you forgot about them and yeah totally and all of a sudden they started just going nuts in the box <laughs> and it sounded exactly like a hard drive failure <laughs> anyway so does that that's the biggest tangent of all time I think that, that is the biggest tangent beans. of all time Mexican yeah. jumping tangent. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. So. So we couldn't compile Ruby. <laughs> yes, but it turned out. It turned out in the guide, we had added um, after after we did the the RB ENV install, mm -hmm. we had added to um, uh, my Bash profile some C flags. Uh, Ruby compile flags that were supposed to on um, um, they, basically they give you some performance improvements when you're doing a lot of like a lot of number crunching and creating a lot of temporary files and things like that. Mm. Um, it's what it's supposed to do. 
and that turned out to be the issue. So removing removing those compile flags um, after that, I was able to um, to compile Ruby and, and everything. And it's there there are specific flags for um, like Intel architecture. Mm, so interesting. thinking it was a, a chipset architecture issue. And the optimization was really just a compile time optimization, right? So yeah, it's, yeah. So so and you updated the uh the guide i did and also put it on github uh i did yes we made it we made a gist is that is so. it is it gist or gist uh i would say gist but it's but you say and you also say gif or do you say gif? i do but gist is an actual word is it spelled with a g Gist. yeah i get the gist yeah yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> All right, I'll and go it with is that. Jeff. So, so uh, by the way, side note, mm-hmm. jank is in the dictionary. Is it really? Yeah, like janky. Nice. Yeah. I learned that today. Nice. <laughs> Have you been using it correctly? Today I learned that jank is a real word. Have you been using it correctly? Yes, in okay, a sentence. Good. good. And I've been jankifying all my stuff on purpose, and now I have a reason. <laughs> So, well, that's so, okay. So that's good news. And the, and so the dear listener, if you, uh, have been or plan on using the guide in the future, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. You can find it on GitHub. And if you, if you stumble across flags that need to be changed in the future, you can add comments there and we can keep it updated. Uh, and, uh, and the other thing it, to note is that lines that aren't in there aren't in there for a reason. So <laughs> don't randomly yes. put stuff in cause you think it sounds good. We, we remove things for a reason. Yes. So, but the, I mean the basic, the basic, um, the guide, which is now back to don't panic status. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty short and sweet. Yes. There's was, not a lot to it. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's dense, but short. So that's good. Yeah. Great. Wow. That was a good bug report. We haven't had one of those in a while. Not a, we've had a, we've had a couple of minor ones, but those were, yeah. those were just two very interesting ones. Yep. And, and everything, this is, this is turning into our um, AWS podcast. It really is. Our Amazon podcast. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let me jump around a little bit so that we can non AWS it a little bit. Um, uh, we've got some news to report, and uh, one of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about is Spoken. Give people an update on Spoken, um, which is I don't want to go into it too much because we've talked about it at length before. But uh, it's basically a listen to it later service in the same way that Instapaper is a read it later service. So you save stuff to Instapaper or something else, and then um, people read those articles, create recordings of themselves reading those articles, and that turns into a personalized podcast feed for you to listen to stuff that you don't have time to read. Yes. So we went, extre- you know, it's it's definitely meant to be a uh, test case for all the stuff we're always yammering about. So we went full on API first, although we didn't do the documentation first. <laughs> Uh, I, well, we did documentation. We just didn't do it in Happy Dogs. Yeah, that's true. There, we, we, there are um, in there Basecamp. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's um, in Basecamp and also um, RDoc. 
Ah, uh, yes, that's true. We in, did in the repository. Yeah, we did talk about it at length first. That's true. Um, so uh, we so the API is is sort of the first version went up. It had a, I had like a round of tweakage that uh, Kelly just finished. So the API is basically like ready to rock as far as I as far as I can see. Yeah, I've got one more small round of updates, I think, from the things you put in there today. But yeah, cool. So I'm I'm planning to let the let the private beta testers know about it like tomorrow, or at least as soon as you get that stuff done. And not that I think anybody's going to actually do anything to it, but I bet you we get decent feedback from people about what we should do. Yeah, probably. So you know, and maybe maybe we take it or leave it, but um, that'll be interesting. So uh, by the time you hear this, dear listener, you'll be able to go to api.spoken.cc and you should find a link to some documentation and at least at least a little bit and uh and also could theoretically start playing around with the api itself um but the 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 non-aws thing i wanted to mention is that uh, i'm very much planning to have non-web clients it yes definitely be a an app that runs everywhere in the truest sense of the word so um i was looking into the twilio api again today to make sure that some of the crazy ideas we have about using the using someone's actual phone like, mm-hmm. like i don't even know what to call it what do you call it like use someone's like phone call app, phone call capability. You know what I mean? Like, what do you even call that? <laughs> Telephony services. Yeah. It's like, do you use your, well, let's say, you, let's say you don't have a smartphone. You just have a desk a phone on your desk. Yeah. You would be, I still a, have my landline. You do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, right. That's the I mean, thing. I got DSL that, anyway. So that thing that rings every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have DSL anyway, cause I can't get cable here. So, uh. yeah. So anyway, so the, so I looked into the, the Twilio API and, and yes, we were recalling correctly that you can set up a very interactive application using uh, Twil ML, which yes. is a markup language, XML markup language that just really easily makes you be able to um, pl- play recordings, make recordings, um, make decision tree type of you know, keypad input, handle keypad input, just like form input, essentially. So, yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's like so, Twilio is so impressive. I'm really looking forward to getting into some of that. Yeah, it's mad cool. So, um, you know, you can only, you can only do, I'm going to say, like, from I only read like, you know, a couple of code examples and like getting started things. You can only do about, I'm going to say a half dozen things. It's definitely less than 12 things. Definitely fewer mm-hmm. than 12. But they're the things you want to do. Like, they're the, definitely the things you want to do. Yeah, and they're, they're well-developed and well-supported. Right, and cheap. It's yeah. like, uh, if you're taking incoming calls, it's like a half a cent a minute or something. And, I mean, it's not free, so it's like, you know, there needs to be some kind of, like, a little bit of a revenue stream or something, but, but you can get started like for very, very cheap. And, and it's really, I mean, it's like, yeah, like I, I tossed 20 bucks on there and played, played with it, played with it for six months. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so did I. And it's like still, I still have like eighteen dollars in there, <laughs> and and it's that, and that's the, and that's the Avelio money, which obviously not a lot of people are using Avelio over SMS, but we set we set up Avelio for SMS in like fifteen minutes on yeah. on Twilio, like bang, we have SMS support. It's ridiculous. It's like great. It's great. Like I just love it. It's so awesome. And I've actually been to a couple of conferences and and seen. Um, live demos from some of the dudes and they're just like it's they're just totally owning it it's great yeah it's it's one of one of my favorite services yeah and i you know going back in the day i even played with asterisk a little bit that which will do some of the same stuff but oh man it is like as easy as asterisk is compared to pbx programming in general like twilio is just like <sighs> Yeah, it's a joke. So, so if you're, I don't know, it, it, probably no one listening gives a darn about uh, programming SMS-based applications or voice-based applications. But if you do, or or look at it like this: if you knew that it was incredibly easy, maybe it would occur to you in your other work that oh, you know what, I could voice enable this really easily and cheaply using Twilio. Maybe I should look into you could. that. Yes. So. If the if you think the use case is there, uh, that is a good way to go. Yeah, don't don't let the difficulty of it stop you from trying to do it because it's really not that difficult. They make it very easy. Right, like once you have an API, like the API building the API is like fifty times harder than integrating it with Twilio. So, and and it's an excellent example of the the um, it's one of those great. It's like writing a command line client for an API. It's yeah. Immediately, you're like, "Ooh, I made a ton of web-specific assumptions, didn't I?" <laughs> so, uh, okay. So that was that was my little non-AWS spiel because it has nothing to do with AWS. Yeah, I think I'm done with AWS as far as talking about it this week. Oh. Yeah, I guess I am too. Actually, yeah. wait, come on, Rails Forms not running on AWS? Uh it might be. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't think it is. I think it's um. I'm not a hundred percent sure who the who where it's hosted since I'm I'm not involved with that. WordPress VIP. No, <laughs> no. It's um the the guys at uh, A Tech Media are providing the hosting, so it's wherever they put their stuff. I see. So why don't you tell us the story of Rails Forum because it's pretty interesting. Uh, yes, yes, Rails Forum. We opened it back in 2006, before this is well before Stack Overflow. And Rails was just starting to become a thing. Yeah. And over between 2006 and 2010, I would say, it, um, it pretty much became one of, one of the largest um, Rails communities on the interwebs. Nice. And um, then everybody got busy and just life happened. And we kind of like the 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 staff kind of got lazy. I'll admit, and I'll admit and apologize. We all had things going on, <clears throat> having kids, getting married, having eyeball surgery, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> minor, minor stuff. <laughs> Just minor stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, the forum software that we were using kind of got out of date, and things got sort of overrun with spam. Hmm. And we had talked about redoing things for a while, and we got to looking at the looking at it the other day, and we were still getting like a hundred and fifty thousand page views a month. Wow! And um, so we they so there 
Well, there, we started a discussion about um, redoing it and cleaning it up and, and all of that stuff um, just before I left on vacation. And I came back and, and they're like, oh, it's done. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're launching next week. We're almost finished. Wow. And so, yes, so we have, we have relaunched RailsForum.com. Nice. And we're just starting out on a clean slate. We've cleaned up all the spam from the the old forum and archived all of that content. And then we've set up a, just a, like a new discussion forum that's much more much more robust and and capable. And um, it's been uh, probably maybe like thirty two or three or four hours now that the 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 relaunch has been live, and we've got like six hundred and fifty members. New new members. New members. So yeah, because I noticed there are there like I went to the members list page and there were like like twenty eight pages of thirty people a page of existing <laughs> members, which I assume yeah. are old, but still. Yeah. No. Well. Well, we had to. Um, we didn't port the member database over, so from the old forum because the the way passwords were hashed and the 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 way the account info was stored and all that was just radically different, and there were a lot of spam accounts in there and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I mean, it, it was a, literally just a brand new forum install that we started with and we sent out an email inviting people back i don't know it seemed like there were a lot of members in there but yeah they all signed up just... they all signed up since yesterday wow yeah <laughs> uh, yeah well yeah 600 that would be about 28 pages yeah, yeah. of 20 per right oh geez excellent so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, it's funny because we we always get flack, and it started immediately, <laughs> like the instant we sent out this email, we started like instantly, immediately getting flack because oh, our our forum software that we use is PHP, and it's not <laughs> instead of Ruby. You didn't use Ruby. The reason <laughs> there isn't any good Ruby-based like actual forums. There's there's discussion platforms like Stack Overflow, clones, and that type of thing. Yeah. But for a for a traditional forum, there there's nothing good. There's wow. a few things, but there's nothing really good. Wow, that's. I mean, I I guess it's a little surprising, but uh, but I do know that there's so many good PHP ones. Yeah. That uh, and like really a, a forum is a little bit of an older concept these days you don't hear it is you don't hear a lot about like the when i hear about forums now and i'm totally not knocking it because i think it's a great idea for like it's a good fit for a forum i feel like stack overflow is so stack overflow is like the twitter or tumblr of forums it's it's so stack overflowy you know it's just like just like there's this stream of content yeah it's not it's you don't get i mean they try and do it like they have they try and have Tagging like people it. who have or who have profile not profiles but uh uh what's it called like reputation scores and yeah. stuff but I, I when have you ever looked at like like you don't look at someone's name who answered like i can think yeah. of one time i looked at someone's name because i was trying to track them down for the podcast actually right right and uh I was like, wow, that's the most amazing answer I've ever seen to a question. Who is this dude? And, yeah. you know, clicked on it. I remember it. that. Yeah, it was a REST a guy who just, like, explained REST APIs. Like, he just did a great job doing it. Yeah. And, but it's just not, you just don't, like, Stack Overflow is, like, quick in and out. You, like, Google for a, a, an error message. You go to Stack mm-hmm. Overflow. You find the best answer. You leave, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, a forum wanted- you hang out in. 
yeah, yeah. We wanted like more more engaging discussion and the the sort of categorization and and things that that are easily available on a forum make it a lot make it a lot easier to find things that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, and people people stick around and they talk about things and you know I think you I think you do get more of a community feel to it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you know you don't see like the ones I have been seeing lately are very like like the Apple developer forum, which you have to have because it's behind a pay, not a, it's, well, I yeah. guess it is a paywall. If you think about it, you have to pay to be a developer. So yeah, you got the Apple developer forum, which is very active, but behind a paywall. And it, and like when you see forums now, it's usually about around a specific, it feels like it's around a specific software or like a company's yeah. product or something. So, I mean, yeah, you don't, you they seem to not be as popular as they used to be, but I, I still think they're a great sort of like platform for discussion. Yeah. Well, it's community, you know, it's like, yeah. you don't really like Facebook doesn't really do it right. You know, Facebook's Facebook for me, I think for a lot of people is just like a family type of thing. Right. Not, you don't go like, can you imagine having like a rails Facebook community? Like you, it wouldn't happen. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a, I, I agree. I think it's a perfect fit for, for I do, I don't, th- I think forums are less and less, you see less and less of them, fewer and fewer, but, but, uh, this is a perfect fit. And it makes me, and since I am now a Rails guy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually planning to hang out in it, which is crazy. I would, n- I can't tell you the last time i was hanging out in a forum it was like <laughs> filemaker you know like in 2005 <laughs> yeah and uh uh yeah so i'm i'm excited about it i'm very i think it's very yeah cool. I'm, I'm i'm really excited about it too and uh, <laughs> now i've got a place to ask my stupid ruby questions like what's yeah. the concatenation operator <laughs> it's a plus sign <laughs> I told you I bought a I bought a Ruby book. I yes. took took your advice and I said, okay, I'm going to actually take a few days and just get Learn really Ruby. comfortable with Ruby. And before and, you go back to Rails, correct. And I bought a book on it, and I'm like, this is going to take more than a couple of days because there's some weird ass stuff that Ruby does. <laughs> like there is so much uh, operator overloading. Mm-hmm. and so much uh, significant white space and there's just a lot of magic going on it like eh, parentheses are optional and you can put this in or not and this is a block or this is a block it's yeah. like there is you're probably used to it now so you're like thinking no there's not that much but there i promise you compared, yeah I'm, compared- I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot of things um, that I'm just used to now that, that if I were coming into it for the first time, I'd be like, what? Yeah. And, <laughs> and the, a lot of the thing, a lot of the power of it, which I absolutely love, I just absolutely love that everything is an object and you can just like, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, put the number one dot, whatever, up to nine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. One or like 10 dot times do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's, it's just, yeah, I love that because it feels very JavaScripty, but uh, it's still, you know, I'm, I, it's it's going to take more than a couple of days to be, to really feel like conversant. But hey, I, I really like the language, though. Oh yeah, no, I can see I can see that it's going to be sweet, but it's like, you know, yeah, I, I, I learned my little IRB or herb, whatever you call it. Yeah, 
Well, like I, I just, I didn't even think too much about it, but I realized the other day, like I've been, I've been doing Ruby development off and on. Not, I mean, the last two years I've been doing it pretty consistently, but prior to that, I've been doing it off and on since two thousand seven. So, yeah, I didn't realize I had that many years at it until I stopped and thought about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways to, there's a lot of ways to do things, and and I still this thing that drives me nuts still and i'll get used to it but the parentheses for is just like it's nice that they're not there but it's totally not clear (laughs) what the hell is going on (laughs) like when you just look at it like not having to to put parentheses around the parameters going into your method calls is like brutal to get used to i love I love being able to leave them out of if statements, but it screws me up in JavaScript all the time. I'm going to have to start writing CoffeeScript just so mm-hmm. just so I don't have to keep going back and adding parentheses. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, looking at it, it's just like, oh. Like, it, it's so natural looking when you look mm-hmm. at it that I didn't even notice the if statements didn't have parentheses at first because it reads so nicely. Yeah. It looks like AppleScript, which is, which is saying something because AppleScript is very natural language. And... uh you know, believe me, once once I get you, I can see clearly that once I get used to it, I'm going to never go back. But <laughs> it's, uh, it is going to take a couple of days. That's for sure. <laughs> so now that, now that you're, um, now that you're a Ruby developer, you're going to help me out this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. During my family reunion this weekend, oh, family this, reunion this, this weekend. weekend is cousins camp. Oh, so, uh, it is highly doubtful. But it's a nice segue into... <laughs> you see what I did there? Pandacodium. Yes. Sunday! Pandacodium. <laughs> <laughs> like a monster truck rally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this should, um, it should be fun. It's um, a little, like, 48-hour hackathon mm. programming coding competition thing. And I heard heard about it a while ago, and decided, eh, you know, when I when I when I first heard about it, I thought, well, I'll sign up because I haven't heard anything about Rails Rumble yet, so I don't know if there's going to be one this this year. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for it, and it turns out actually, yes, there is a Rails Rumble. It is, yeah, it's going to be in October, and it's the weekend after I get back from the uh, Wicked Good Ruby Conf in Boston. Oh, <laughs> and I'll see, is the, and that's like middle of October. Yeah. I, if you're looking for a partner, then that might be good timing because I'm going to have a brand new baby and <laughs> I, will, I will be up all hours. This is true. So it might actually be be a good fit. You might be a little preoccupied, but... Nah, they just sleep all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so so Pandacodium, I mean, it's it's not... It's not um, language specific. It's, I think there's people doing like PHP, Ruby, oh, Python. I didn't stuff. realize that. So, I assumed it was Rails, but no, it's it's not Ruby specific. Uh, unlike um, uh, Rails Rumble. Mm. And so, I mean, yeah, I just thought, what the heck? I'll I'll do it, and I'll. Um, who needs sleep? So <laughs> now, didn't the last time you did Rails Rumble, you almost quit development? Last time I did Rails Rumble, yes, I I almost. Um, <laughs> moved to Siberia or something. Uh, and and well, my cat my cat did not speak to me for a week and it just it was not good. Well, but you should feel pretty good because um because almost 
it wasn't immediately, but soon after uh, you released Moodly, Facebook saw it and completely ripped you off. I know. <laughs> so obviously you're onto something. I, apparently, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna create the next big thing for someone else to steal this weekend. Excellent. Well, I I think I think that that our big thing could be spoken because no one in their right yeah. mind would rip that off. Right. <laughs> Yes, or the or the the other idea that we were talking about. Like yeah, yeah, we can. We'll save that one up. Yeah, that one is, that one is crazy. That one excites me. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and I mean that is a, a high compliment. <laughs> we have a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> crazy good. Yeah. Uh, cool. So let's. We're just see. crazy. It's well, I mean, yeah. That's I mean, it's not like it's not like sniper rifle in a bell tower crazy. No, but it's crazy. It's it's more cuckoo. Yeah, it's more cuckoo than crazy. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, maybe bonkers. <laughs> so, uh, geez, I guess we could probably. How are we doing time wise? Yeah, we're getting there. Maybe I'll just do a quick a, a quick. Uh, update on the, the panel show yes so I hear about it yeah so i mentioned last week that um i i was selected to host a monthly um panel show like internet show uh called inside the brackets that is about the um challenges opportunities and benefits of using html5 as a development platform Yes, and, and now that now that Amazon supports it, yeah, it's now a, it's, it's even better. Yes, one of the so that'll what, have to make it into an episode. Uh, yeah, I, I almost so it's it's lightly scripted. I would call the episodes mm -hmm. light, lightly scripted, so that the the um you know there's like three or four guests on each show, and I f and it's films in San Francisco, and I flew out there Monday, shot two episodes on Tuesday, and you know so it was like two two different sets of panelists. And it's like fairly some fairly heavy hitting people. Mm -hmm. um, there was uh, Brian Larue from Adobe, uh, the phone gap, uh, phone gap guy, and uh, Dan Bricklin. I don't know if you know that name, but uh, he is the guy who invented VisiCalc and is is basically called the father of the spreadsheet. He invented the very first computer spreadsheet. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Uh, and he, let me tell you, this guy knows programming. He's been doing it since like, you know, he, he kind of, he's, I think he's right around in the same age range as Bill Gates and was kind of programming throughout the whole period. Mm -hmm. And he just knows he's done web, he's done uh, iOS, he's done C, C++, uh, Android, you name it. The dude oh, has cool. been on every side of the fence. Just really, really interesting take on He's just got perspective like you don't normally see. Yeah. We had uh, Dave Mathman, who's the president of the jQuery Foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, another incredibly sharp tack. Uh, he knows way more than he should for someone who looks as young as he does. <laughs> don't you hate that? Yeah. It's like, dude, how old are you? Yeah. He was like, uh, him and Bricklin were talking about, he, they were using acronyms. I'm like, I'm like going, <laughs> no idea what they're talking about. 
they were talking like with somebody Alan Dodd. yeah so like the uh, one of the other guests was uh drew crawford who you you might not know drew crawford's name but i'll bet you know his blog post which was uh web apps are slow and then he had a follow-up called why web apps are slow yes i've, it, I've heard the name but it, i couldn't place it he posted recently he posted recently a couple blog posts under that title those titles and uh he's basically an ios guy um mm -hmm. and is is very much um He's very much in the Apple fanboy school, although I wouldn't call him an Apple fanboy, but he comes across like one because he has that like um, the most important thing is scroll friction. The most important thing is the user mm -hmm. interface, like nothing else matters. Uh, it's better to just have the most amazing experience on one platform than to have a, a, a what he would say, you know, is half-assed experience on multiple platforms. He's like totally that guy. Mm. And... And a lot of times when you get into it with people like that on Twitter, you've only got, you know, shouts that you can do back at each other because right, it's such, right. so short, but he makes excellent points all the way. Like, like you can't, you can't argue like it. And what ended up happening was we were all talking about this stuff and he was sort of like, you know, we would, you know, it was basically everybody was pretty much like HTML fanboys, except for Bricklin, who's kind of could go either way. And then Drew was mm -hmm. sort of on the other side of the fence, which made it much more interesting than if we were all just yesing each other. And he, I mean, every point he made was absolutely true, which is like, you know, web apps are slower than native. Yes. Uh, uh, web apps, you know, and we'd be like, well, web apps have better distribution. And he was like, yeah, but they're slower. And like, you're all web guys. Don't you know that like microseconds or milliseconds makes a difference, you know, to the bottom line on an e-commerce site? And we're all like, well, yeah. And he goes, well, why don't you think that applies to a native interface? And we're like, well, yeah, yeah you're right. And you know, he he's really, he's great. You know, it was, yeah. it was really good. Uh, and, and ultimately I think, I think we all kind of agreed about all the facts but we disagree about which ones are most important. Right. About which trade-offs are, are the more. Exactly. Ones to make. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so it, and, and it boils down in many cases to what kind of app you're going to build. And it was, it's just really good. So, uh, so that'll be fun. Um, uh, it, it, I was, I was surprised. It went pretty smoothly. Knock on wood. The first one went pretty smoothly. I was, I was, I was stoked. Cool. And it Good will be, yeah, it'll be, uh, right now it's scheduled for August 27th. Mm -hmm. There's going to be, so it's, it's an interesting way that they're going to broadcast. So there's going to be a air quotes live broadcast of the recording where, um, people are invited to sign up to watch the, the, it's, I mean, you could, I guess you could, it's kind of like a webinar, I guess. Yeah. You could sign up to what the webinar, but instead of it being somebody talking through slides, it's going to be a video recording of like, say, 20, 25 minutes. Of, and then the guests are going to be in the chat. Yeah. And then there's going to be a chat room. And uh, the guests will be uh, like, and, and I will be like a, on a live audio bridge. And people can, throughout the entire show, they can ask questions in the chat. And then I'm going to like moderate the questions and pass them off to the different um, panelists who will answer them. Aud like like audibly answer them live. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, it is kind of cool. It's a, you know, a neat way of doing it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I'm really looking forward to how that works. And there, there's going to be one. The idea is to do one show. Uh, I think it's at 8 a.m. PST or or Pacific time, 
I don't know if they're S or D right now, but I guess it's D. So it'll be like oh, uh, 11, a, 11 our, our coast AM and then an, another one at 11 PM our time to catch the yeah. other side of the globe. Uh, so I would be very interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. And then I assume if you miss that, you can just go and like watch it. Yes. You don't exactly. get the interaction, but you'll have the video that you'll exactly. be able to watch. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to put it on YouTube or where they're going to put it, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's the idea. Neat. And I'll so to, there'll be one. Have to yeah. sign up and join in. Yeah. So there'll be one every month um, for a while. Cool. So it'll be a monthly thing. So are you, you just did two episodes. You, I'm assuming you're going back out in a couple of months to do the next two? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not perfectly staggered. I think the next one is, I think my next trip out is actually in September and then another, mm. and then not, not October and then November. Oh, they're so. going to be pre-baby. So. Yes, we were like, I was like, don't, don't plan on seeing me in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I may see you in October. Yes, if you come to me, you can. If if people want to come to yes. me in October, that's perfectly fine. You can I change will, diapers. I will. I will come to Providence. Diaper duty in in October. Yeah, looking forward to it. And you know, if if the if the the new arrival is on schedule, I will get to see it. <laughs> yeah, it is literally October is literally my favorite month of the year to be. Yeah, in yeah me too. Providence is amazing. It's absolutely perfect. October is just my favorite month of the year in general, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being up there and, and seeing seeing New England in October. And I think we're probably gonna probably gonna drive around a bit. And yeah, it'll just be you'll love it. It's just yeah. ridiculous. It'll make me want to move even more. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back in February. You might not like it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I do because I, I'm I'm a snow guy, but yeah. Well, it can't be worse than Calgary. I am sure that's true. <laughs> it was, that might have been a show title. It can't be worse <laughs> it can't than Calgary. Be nice. <laughs> 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 Blame <horrible>. the Canadians. <laughs> Blame Canada. So speaking, oh, and and yes, the, the I'm glad to hear the Canadian dinosaur arrived safely. Yes, I was like, so Erica, you know, I was traveling, so she's yeah you know, tweeted a picture to me or whatever it's called, SMS. And she's like, uh, Carl, the T-Rex showed up. And I'm like, oh, Kelly, there's no way they accidentally picked the name Carl. Like Kelly must have wrote Carl on yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, Kelly did. Because <laughs> he, he did look displeased. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, inside joke for the dear listener. Yes, well, we, we've mentioned it in the podcast. There's, there's an episode entitled Carl is not pleased. Exactly. You, if you listen through it, you'll get the reward at the end. Yes. It's the title. Yes. Yes, folks. All right. So that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the niche podcast. Bye. Bye.